This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right, tonight we're going to be talking about healing again. How many, how many want to learn more about healing? To either be healed or take to somebody that needs healed. And I'm going to show you a couple books, but for your notes there, well, I hope you bring a pen to, and a note paper, something to write on all the time, because we give you some really good scriptures and things to look at. But it's called Mix Faith with the Word and Be Healed. Mix Faith with the Word and Be Healed. And uh, when I went to Bible school, this here was our textbook, Christ the Healer. That book was written way back in the early part of the 20th century, and they use this in Bible schools all over the world. They call this a classic, but this here's awesome, awesome, awesome book. We have a lot of them in the bookstore, but uh, Pastor Dave, you guys had that too in your training, didn't you? <clears throat> yeah, it's, they still use this all over the world. It has great, great lessons in it. When I taught healing school at a church of, uh, we taught a class our church we went to for as a pastor had 500-some people in it. We had a healing class there, and that was our book we used there. This is really, really, really loaded with things that will really help you get it. And then here's a Brother Hagen book, Biblical Ways to Receive Healing. You can use this like for a Bible study. If you want to have a small group in your home or something or, you know, get people together, you got lessons and questions and things there like that. But these books will help you to get healed. And I'll tell you what, as a pastor, I said this last week, when I first started teaching this like 37 years ago, most of the people you need to teach this to were old people. But now today, with all the new diseases being brought into the earth through all the different dumb things going on, a lot of young people need healed today. They didn't used to need healed because they didn't get sick like they do now. But anyway, uh, that, that's, that's why we're so strong on healing, because as a pastor, I told you last week, Jeremiah 3.15, God said, I'll give you pastors with my heart that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And so I want to teach you how to be healed if you need healed. And if you don't need healed, I want to teach you how to take it to somebody that does need healed. And if you do need healed, we'll get you healed. Then you learn how you got it so you take it and give it. We want to get people healed, amen? And I'll tell you what, uh, when he said in 3 John 2, above all else, he wants us to prosper and to be in heaven, they go together. You know, you can make a lot of money, but if all of your money goes on doctor bills and specialists and prescriptions and all kinds of other things, then your, your money's going to go way, way down because you're spending all on medical bills. But God wants you to have your money and have your health and be able to be a bigger blessing to your family, blessing the body of Christ, and just be blessed. He wants you that way. So we're going to be talking about how to mix faith with your healing, with the word to be healed. Let's pray over the word. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, Mrs. Pastor was talking to me this afternoon, and we was kind of joking around. She said, well, how's Jesus today? <clears throat> and I said, he's the same as he was yesterday. He's going to be the same tomorrow. Because Jesus never changes. So, Lord, we know when we read your word, your promises for healing, your promise does, they never change. They're always the same. You said in Malachi chapter 3, you're God. You change not. So you don't change. Jesus doesn't change. The word of God doesn't change. So in our lives, if we're having a hard time receiving any area of life, and, Lord, we're talking about healing tonight, if we're having a hard time receiving, then we know because you never change, it's got to be us that's got to change. So, Lord, I pray for each and every heart here tonight that we would all be open-hearted, 
We would cast down any thoughts and imaginations, any religious things, try to get in our heads and try to try to mess us up on what you have to say. And Lord, we will receive your word like a sponge. We'll just say we're going to soak it in, Jesus, and we're going to receive all you've got for us. And we thank you for that, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 I taught healing back in Indiana for a lot of for a lot of years. We had a healing school back in Martinsville, Indiana, where we pastored. We was in a little town down in South Central Indiana, and we had people from several little towns around would come every Wednesday morning, and we would have a really, really, really full full church. A lot of times on Wednesday morning, from Christians from other churches coming, people bringing people didn't even go to church coming to get healed, and a lot of them learned how to get healed, and we got them healed. Had a lot of healings. A lot of miracles, a lot of things happened, but it happened because of what I'm doing tonight, teaching the Word of God, bringing understanding to people, faith getting in their hearts. And when faith gets in your heart and you learn how to act on it and do what it says to do, then you receive what it said. How many here are born again? Amen. <clears throat> well, the Bible says we got born again by faith. And the way we got born again is somebody, either either a fellow believer somewhere told you, how to get saved and led you through a prayer of salvation where you prayed, or maybe you even heard about it, and then you said it yourself at home or somewhere, or maybe you said a church service like this, and the preachers told you, if you want to get born again and go to heaven, you've got to believe that Jesus died for your sins. God raised you from the dead. And so you prayed that prayer, but in that same service, there might have been a half a dozen other people that never received him. They just listened to it, and they thought to themselves, I'm not ready yet. Nope, I don't want to go up there. Uh, I'll be embarrassed. What will people think? And so you had maybe six people came in that weren't born again Christians yet. They all heard the same message. One got it and five left without it. Well, that's the way it is on healing a lot of times. And so I want to show you some things in the Bible, what I'm talking about. I want you to look at uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Sometimes... Several people hear the same message. Several people have the same Holy Spirit work on their hearts. But for some reason, many of them reject it. They don't do what it says to do. And because they don't, they get no results. And then they blame God. Or they blame somebody else. And you know, the Bible says that one day, Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess to God that Jesus Christ is Lord. And God's a just God. And so when people are judged and the ones that rejected Jesus, they can't say, I didn't hear. God's going to, however he does it, I mean, he's way advanced beyond earth's technology. But God somehow, some way, is going to have the big screen or something going on. He's going to show them all the times they said at a church like this and somebody preached how to be born again. They're going to show him the Dank Manil's out there working on the tractor. And while he's working on the tractor, he's preaching to the farmer, telling him, here's what you need to do. They're going to see the Donnie Beardshire out there who'll make his rounds at the houses, talk to the business people, talk to the homeowner, and then tell them, I'm more interested in your soul than I am your house, sir. I'd like to tell you about Jesus. They're going to see that flash before them, and then God's going to say, you're guilty. You rejected my son. And they can't say, I didn't know about it, because God's going to show them they did. Well, see, that works the same way with healing. God's not going to judge you about that. But down here on earth, when you hear the message and you see what to do, if you don't do it, you can't say, God, why? Because at a church like this, we show you why. Right from the Bible. We had an awesome testimony Sunday night. 
I thought you, Marcella, had the test about the blood pressure. Was it Diana? Diana, whatever. We had some good test points. Said she's had high blood pressure for years and years and years and years and years. And after last Wednesday night's service, I'd loaded both barrels of my gospel shotgun, man. I mean, I, I shot everything I had last Wednesday night. And she said she went to the doctor for an exam for something this past week at her blood pressure for the first time in many years was totally normal, right? Amen. She says she saw it and got a hold of it. Amen. She heard it and she got it. And so I want you to see this here. We're talking about the titles, Mix Faith with the Word and Be Healed. Hebrews 4 verse 2 says, For unto us was the gospel preached, and the gospel means good news, and there's the gospel of salvation to get born again. There's a gospel of prosperity, how to get out of debt and, and gain financial wealth. And there's a gospel of healing. That's good news about healing. And what's the, what's the gospel of healing? If you're sick, God will heal you. That's good news, isn't it? If the doctor said, you always got to have it, you got, always got to have these pills that cost $1,000 a month, the good news is God will heal you. You won't need those pills that cost $1,000 a month. Isn't that good news to a sick person? Amen. And so the gospel was preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them. The word preach did not profit them. And, you know, for that word profit there, stop to think about it. You know, talk to the business people here or even other people. If you're balancing your checkbook or if you're running your business, Donnie, I see the businessman sitting right there. If at the end of the month there's two words that could possibly come your way, profit or loss. If you got lost, what's that mean? That means you didn't do good. You went down. If you show profit, that means you did good. You got better. And so if it says right here, the word preached them did not profit them, that means they didn't get better with what they heard. Because profit means you gain. Profit means it gets better, whatever the situation is. And so he said, and listen to this. This is God talking through the Bible. He said there's some people hear the word of God taught, and it does nothing for them. You know what that tells me? There's more to receiving from God than going to church and doing your amens or putting money in the offering or your hallelujahs or whatever it is you do. There's more to it than that because you're sitting here tonight and not 100% of you will profit tonight. But the ones of you that will do what I'm going to look at the Word of God tonight, you will profit. If you've got sickness... God's going to show you how to turn that around. If you know somebody else that you want to help, you can teach to them what I'm teaching you tonight and show them how to turn it around. That's the gospel. That's good news, isn't it? It says, the word preached did not profit them. And here's why. Not being mixed with faith, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. In them that heard it. And so when you hear it, faith cometh. But then you've got to mix the word and the faith together. And I want to show you, I do have to, anyway, this passage he's talking about, I want you to go back to Numbers chapter 13, and I want to show you what he's talking about. He's telling about the, I think everybody here has heard of Israel being slaves in Egypt, right? They were in Egypt for 400 years, and then they got to come out of Egypt, and they came out of Egypt, God's plan was for them to go into a place called Canaan land. Anybody ever heard of Canaan land? Well, Canaan land 
was a place that God had chosen for them that had lots, lots, lots of water, lots, lots of food to eat and harvest and all those kind of things, a good place to live. But the thing was, in between where they were and Canaan land, there were some giants that God wanted them to kick out of the land so they could have the land. And for Christians, for Christians, the Bible teaches that when we're born again, that's a type of coming out of Egypt to come into the Canaan land. And so how many know there's a difference between being born again and then receiving all the blessings and benefits of God? There's a difference. You know, it's a progressive thing. We're supposed to be growing from faith to faith. We're supposed to learn more and more about the love walk, for example, how we're supposed to love our neighbors. We love ourselves. We're supposed to learn more and more about financial things that God always gets the first 10% if you want to prosper. We're supposed to learn more and more about the, there comes a point in time where you're not the baby anymore, where people all the time have to pick you up and change your dirty spiritual diaper and put a bottle in your mouth. There comes a point in time you're supposed to be like Jose's little children he's got, like Pastor Dave's little children. There comes a point in time when the diapers come off and put on some big boy pants. And you start helping somebody else to come up in their faith. There comes a point in time you're supposed to do so. So it's a progressive thing. And so coming out of Egypt for them is like us coming out of the world. They didn't come out of Egypt just to stop. They came out of Egypt to go in to Canaan land. And so Numbers chapter 13, I just want to look at this briefly to show you this. Numbers 13, verse 2. I'm just going to... I wasn't planning on sharing this part, so I was going to look at a couple of things for you to see. And so they came out of Egypt. Then in verse 2, Moses heard from God, and God said this, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan. Now here's the key right here, which I give. God said, I've given this to you. Well, in the New Testament, that's equivalent to God saying, By Jesus' stripes, I give you healing. This is yours. I give it to you. This is equivalent to God saying, bring your tithe in, and I give you this. I will rebuke the devourer for you. I'll open the windows of heaven for you. I'll take care of you. He says, I give this to you. And so he told them to search the land which I give to the children of Israel. He told them to search it out, and so they did. And I want you to come over to verse 30. And I want to show you what he meant, but that all of them, that heard the gospel back then. The gospel then was you're going into Canaan land if you want it. That was the good news. They'd been slaves, but the good news was now they're going to be the rulers. They're going to get to control how much they planted. They're going to get to control when they went to bed, when they got up. They're going to get to control what kind of job they had, where they lived at, because at this point in time for 430 years, they've been slaves. Somebody else told them, here's how many hours you work. Here's when you go to bed. Here's where your family can stay at, etc., etc. They had no control of lives. They were slaves. How many know that at one point in time, we were slaves to Satan? Slayton, Satan stole our sleep. He stole from our family. He stole our peace. He did everything he could to still kill, destroy our lives, but we came out of there to have and enjoy life in John 10, verse 10, Jesus said. And so anyway, they're given the report in verse 30. And so Caleb was one of the leaders and said, Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we're well able to overcome it. Well, they checked out the land. 
They saw the giants that were there, but God said, I give it to you. You take the giants out. That's yours. Amen. If God be for you, who can be against you? But the men that went up with him, there were 12 of them all together. A guy named Joshua, a guy named Caleb are the only two that believed God, that God would do what he said he would do. But the other 10 said this, we're not able to go up against the people for they're stronger than we. And they and they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched as the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is the land that eats up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw, we saw, that's sense knowledge. Caleb and Joshua saw by the eyes of their spirit. God said, I give it to you. You take out the giants, it's yours. And so these other ten then said, we saw with our eyes how big the giants were. We can't see God, but we see the giants. Caleb Joshua said, by faith we see God. God said it's ours, and God's bigger than the giants. But these guys said, no, the giants are bigger than God. And so it says that the eat up the inhabitants of the land and all the people that we saw are men of great stature. And there we saw they're relying totally on their senses, not on the eyes of their faith. We saw the giants, the sons of Enoch, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight. We looked at us at our ability. We didn't look at God what he said. God said, I give it, go get it. But we looked at us and the giants, and we said, those giants are big, and we're little. Said, in our own sight, we're as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. What that means is this. You're hearing healing lesson. You were at the doctor this week, and the doctor said, Cancer's big. And God said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And God said, call for the elders of the church that don't you follow the name of the Lord, the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. And you said, and God said, and then somebody else came up and they said, the doctor said, but God said. And so that's the difference between one getting it and one not. Because they focus on the giant. Well, pastor, you don't know how long I've had this. God does. God made provision 2,000 years ago. We looked at that last week. Put those stripes on Jesus' back. He said, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. Well, these people right here, I'll, I'll, I'll look at about one more verse. I want you to look over at verse 24 in chapter 14. We'll look at a couple more verses here, but I want you to see how you get this. Verse 24, chapter 14. And God said, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit, and the New Testament calls that the spirit of faith. He had an attitude of faith about him. He believed what God said. That was it. He said, amen, hallelujah, glory to God, let's go, it's ours. Caleb had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully. Him will I bring to the land whereto he went, and his seed shall possess it. But look at verse 28. Verse 28. God hasn't changed. He said this, Say unto them, that's the ten whiners and complainers and their families of the tribe, Say to them, As truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. As you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Proverbs 18.21, Death and life are the power of the tongue. Mark 11.23, Jesus said, You'll have whatsoever you saith. You'll have whatsoever you say it. And so we're going to look at some things tonight that's going to help you get a hold of this. And I want to say this again. Nobody gets born again on Monday 
And by Friday, they're full-grown, mature, spiritual giants of the Spirit. It's a progress. You know, I think about little Samuel. Well, we had birthdays for three or four grandkids this week, man. Seemed like they were bad. They had a busy fall. Man, there must have been a busy springtime a few months ago. But anyway, a busy fall time. We had how many birthdays we had past week? Three. One up in one up in Alaska, dude. Don't we? Yeah, yeah, all kinds of birthdays. But anyway, the thing is, all these little kids. Guess what? We're not buying them a car for college this week because they're not going to college yet. But we do have grandkids that are college stuff, and so. You grow from where you are to where you want to end up, but it's a process. You know, you don't get up here and teach the Bible like I am tonight because you got saved last week or you got saved last month. You study, you grow, you learn. And so where you are tonight, the things we're talking about tonight, they're going to be a step in your progressing and learning about Jesus healer and more and more about how to receive healing. And so there's giants out there that tells you you always got to pay this medical bill. There are giants that tells you you always got to have that help. And we're throwing the disclaimer right now, this church is not against doctors and medicine. Don't throw your glasses away tonight and say, I believe I'm healed. I knew a county sheriff in Indiana did that one time. How many years did that sheriff not see? Five or six years. He's a buddy of mine. He's a Christian sheriff. He was at a big faith meeting one time just back when people were more wacky than I think they are now. Maybe they still are, I just don't know them. Anyways, at a meeting, and this guy said, well, how many of you here believe God healed your eyes tonight? But Jim said, yes, okay, throw your glasses away. This guy's the sheriff. He threw his glasses down, he stuffed his glasses. And he told me this out of his mouth. He said, Pastor, he said, I said, I drove my car. And I, I was over all those deputies five or six years. He said, but I can always see past my windshield. <laughs> he said, finally, I heard the right stuff. He said, I love my glasses. He said, I believe my eyes are getting better every day. Praise God, I'm wearing these till the doctor says I don't need them. And so we're not that kind of church. If you're on medicine, I had an old woman back in my church back in Indiana. And long story short, uh, she got so soaked with the word, she wasn't even believing to be healed from diabetes. She'd had diabetes like 35 or 40 years. And she come to every service we had. She come to healing school. She come Sunday morning, come Sunday night, come Wednesday night. This woman was faithful to be in church. And one, one, one night she comes in like we do on Sunday nights, want to give a testimony. She said, I still don't believe it. Well, that's not really faith, but she got soaked. <laughs> she got so much up. Said, I went to my doctor. I've been feeling bad. And my doctor told me, said, Get rid of that insulin. And she said, I can't. I've had this for all those years. He said, it's hurting you. You don't need it. said, you don't have diabetes. She got so soaked in the word of God, the doctor had to take her off of insulin. So that's what I'm telling you how this works. God will confirm healing through doctors and medical technology. And that's a greater testimony to God when they do. So don't throw your medicine away. Don't throw your glasses away. I'll give you one more thing not to do to This is getting off of what I got up here. But sometimes people need to hear things. I don't want to raise up dingy Christians out of my church. Hey, Amen. I don't want dingies in here. Yeah. One time there's this lawyer that uh, I, I used to minister with. And him and his wife wanted a baby. And so she heard a message. And what I'm going to say is a good thing to do. Sometimes you start preparing for what's going to happen. You know. Uh, buy baby bed stuff in your house. That's okay. That, that, that doesn't embarrass anybody if you don't have a baby. 
get a baby bed, get a dress, fix up your room. But this woman actually went around, and I don't know what she put in her dress, but started something like that. And people kept watching this woman have her baby, and after nine months, no baby yet, ten months, no baby yet. And finally come to find out she was trying to faith it to get a baby, and so she's making herself look pregnant, tell everybody she's pregnant, go to have a baby. She thought that was faith. Well, guess what? It didn't move God. God didn't give her a baby because she started acting like she was pregnant. And so sometimes there's things you can do. That's a true story. That's a true story. Now, that they was really professional people, I mean, lawyers and stuff like that. But see, Christians sometimes hear a message and they do goofy things that don't really do anything except make them look goofy and make Christians look goofy. And so I would say this, if you want to have a baby, pray, have hands laid on you. And if you want to in preparation because you believe God, say, I'm going to start fixing up this room in my house for my baby. Start doing some things like that. If something happens that your faith doesn't come through, you don't have a baby, you're not embarrassed, you got a nice room, but you're not embarrassed, didn't make things look bad, you know what I'm saying? Oh, well, that's a sidetrack for somebody. Amen. And so anyway, God said, I give you the land. And in Hebrews chapter 4, he said, all didn't get it. They heard the same message. All didn't get it. And so these other ten and their tribes, they said, we can't do it. They said, things are too bad. Things are too tough. We can't do that. And so I want you to look at James chapter 1, verse 22. And I'm going to show you what the New Testament says about mixing faith with the word of God that you hear. James chapter 1. And by the way, those spies that went to look at the land, Caleb and Joshua said were well able, and they marched into Canaan land, and they killed the giants. In other words, they said, because God said, I give it to you, then those giants can't stand up against God in us. So they went out there, they said, the name of our Lord God, we're coming in here, this is ours. And that's equivalent to us saying, in the name of Jesus, healing is mine. In the name of Jesus, this is mine. It belongs to me. And so James chapter 1, verse 22, the Holy Spirit says it this way. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Be doers, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. When you put action to the word you hear taught tonight... You'll receive healing. Guaranteed from the Word of God. This is called mixing faith with the Word. Now I'm going to look, I'm going to look at a, a Bible passage of Jesus ministering this very way. And if you'll listen closely with your heart and don't let your wayward mind get you off course, you're going to see something tonight that's going to show you something you can do to tap in to the heart of God and pull healing out. And remember, my number one reason for healing school is to teach you how to receive healing. So go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. I hope you got your pencil sharpened up, got your pen out, taking your notes. And if you're on your phone, turn the video game off, you got it on, and go to some kind of notepad thing on there or something. Hey Amen. I'll tell you what, if you're on that video game thing, you're not going to get healed by going bing, 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 whatever they do. I don't know what they do. You know, really about the last video game I saw, to be honest with you, was back when this guy here was about this tall. I gave a little thing for Christmas and I heard the little Sega, Sega. 
you know, that's been lots of years ago because now he's at IBM Tech and does that stuff. But praise God, that's a good investment by that little Sega game back then. But I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a video game on a phone. I've never seen one because that would be such a time stiller to me. I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't want to waste my time with that. Oh, well, somebody said, I hope my neighbor don't look on my shoulder. Everybody said I'm on my Bible app under the video game. Well, that's why you're not healed then. All right. Luke chapter 5, verse 15. I'm talking about Jesus. Uh, it says, But so much the more went their fame abroad of him, great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed. To hear and to be healed. They came to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And so if you want faith to be healed, number one, you got to position yourself to receive. you got to position yourself to receive. One of the best ways I know is to go to a church or a special service where healing is being taught. Get yourself planted somewhere where you know they're teaching healing. And they've got a track record that people get healed too, by the way. You know, Time goes too fast these nights. Man, I think about some of the people I've met over the years. I've met people before, religious people, that told me, well, I could pray for everybody else. i got faith to move mountains, get other people healed. I just can't get it for myself. I think, wow, that's the blind leaving the blind. If you can't get it for you, don't touch your greasy hands to me. <laughs> Amen. If you can't get it for yourself, you don't have anything to give. Amen. The Bible teaches, the Bible teaches that healing belongs to all, but all must get it by faith. That faith only comes one way, by hearing the Word of God, which you're hearing tonight, and seeing how to do it. And so you've got to position yourself. These people came to Jesus because they wanted to hear what he had to say about healing. And so they came to hear and to be healed. Now I want you to look at verse 16 and verse 17. It says, And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. You know what? I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to sit under a preacher that spend long time praying and talking to God. Jesus got away from the crowd. He didn't buddy around with them, hang out with them. He went to pray, and then it says, "And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, as he was teaching." So Jesus was in position to bring healing to the people. Number one, he prayed. He heard from God what God wanted to do in the service. That's what I do every service I ever preach. I don't have anybody's books that I write sermons out of. I don't have any canned sermons. I just pull them up and say, let's just reach into the hat, see who comes out tonight. I seek God every time I preach, no matter where it is, find out, Lord, you know who's going to be there tonight. You know the questions they have. You know what you want to say to them. What do you want me to do, Jesus? Help the people going to be there tonight. Well, see, I got that off of Jesus. That's what he did. And so Jesus, number one, he was in position. He was prayed up from time with God. Number two, he was teaching. So because he was teaching, Romans ten seventeen, guys, what happens with Romans when teaching takes place? Faith cometh. He was teaching, so he was putting faith in the hearts of the people. I'm teaching tonight. After what I'm doing, the Holy Spirit, through me, is putting faith in your hearts. And so it says he was teaching. There were Pharisees, religious people, Doctors of the law, religious people, sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee, at Judea, at Jerusalem. But look at this right here. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. 
He had a church full of very religious people, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. That means God's power was manifested to heal every sick person in that service. It says when he was teaching, he was prayed up, he was teaching, and told all those different people that come all those areas, said they came, and said the power of the Lord was present to heal every one of them. Isn't that what it says? It says it was there to heal every one of them. Well, we're going to see in just a minute, everyone didn't get healed, only one got healed. Out of that crowd, only one got healed. Now, you know, right there ought to make you stop and think about modern services. If Jesus was the preacher then, he was alone with God and prayed, he came in and taught the Word of God, had a church full of religious people. I didn't say he had a church full of believers. There's a difference between a believer and a religious person. You're going to see that in a minute. Had a church full of people. And my Bible says, I hope yours says it too, my Bible says there was enough power there said to heal them. Every one of them could have got healed that needed healing. Power of the Lord was present to heal them. And then look at this. In verse 18, it says, And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with the palsy paralyzed. They sought means to bring him in and to lay him before them. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, the place was crowded and packed out and they couldn't get in the doors. And so they went up upon the housetop and laid him down through the tiling with his couch through the mist before Jesus. And it says that when Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, Jesus saw their faith. Think about this, the faith that took. Number one, it didn't say the paralyzed paralyzed man didn't have a mind could think, didn't have a mouth he could talk. How would you like to be paralyzed on a stretcher? And somebody start dragging you up on a roof. Wouldn't that take some faith to allow those guys to take you up there? You couldn't brace yourself? You couldn't catch yourself if they dropped you? You just bounce, you thud. And then think about these guys. How much faith did it take for them to go up on a roof with a paralyzed man, not want to drop their friend? But these people, these people had confidence. Maybe they heard about the woman with the issue of blood. She said, if I can just touch the end of his garment, I'll be healed. And they'd heard about Jesus everywhere he went. People heard him teach. Power of the Lord was there to heal. People got healed. And so their friends, they saw the giants. All the crowd was a giant. That was an obstacle between them and the man of God that had the anointing. So they used their faith to get in there. And so the man had faith to let him do it because he wanted to get to Jesus. They had faith to do it. And you know what? Jesus' eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth today. He's looking for faith. In Luke chapter 18, that, that was one of the main passages of the Bible class I had back in 1983, 84. And uh, that passage ends by saying, Jesus said these words. He said, when the Son of Man comes, he said, will he find faith in the earth? Will he find faith in the earth? Well, Jesus called this faith because these people were doing something to get to him. They were acting on something. Hey, man, can you see that? So then verse 21 through 23 will tell you why the religious crowd never got healed. 
Jesus said, answer said in verse 22, why reason ye, he perceived their thoughts. He said, why reason ye in your hearts? Because he told the man that your sins are forgiven. Verse 21, he says, and the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, they began to reason, try to figure out with his head why Jesus could do what he's doing. Why did he do it this way? Saying, who is this we speak of blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, Jesus told the man, your sins are forgiven you. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered, said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. And so the religious crowd get this. Same thing today. I see it all the time. Not so much here as I have in times past. There will be a service. You'll have a bunch of people that their hearts are hungry for the Word of God. They come in and all they're thinking is, I need more of God. I need help in my family. I need healing for my baby. My marriage needs help. I've got to be able to make another day money-wise because my job hadn't come through yet and my money runs out this Friday and I can't get any more money for 15 days. I need help. They come in like they have an open heart. God speaks to them. They see what to do and they make it till they get the victory with it. This else comes in. I notice the women wear slacks in this church. Did you notice? Did you happen to notice who that was talked up there at that offering time? That was that woman. Supposed to be silent in the church. Did you notice she was wearing slacks? She even had jewelry on. And that guy just got diagnosed with a serious diagnosis. He got friends that brought him in told him, in our church there's a healing anointing. In our church there's things you can help you. And by the way, did you notice? They didn't even talk about baptism. I've had all those things happen in my church where I could say that. I've had people come into my church back in Indiana that came in with dire needs. And because I didn't tell people I get water baptized in that service, they threw stones at me and walked out of there with nothing because I didn't talk about it. Or because my wife was wearing a necklace. Or because somebody on my praise team had makeup on. People come in and reasoned. How can they do this? God can't use them. And they've left with nothing. And so the thing is, you have to understand, when God begins to move, don't let your mind tell all the things wrong in your opinion that you see and shut out God in your life. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> now we're going to finish this thing up. But I want to remind you. God's word said. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Them left how they were. But him got healed. Alright. And so we, we finish this up right here. Verse 24 verse 25. It says... But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power upon the earth to forgive sins. Now, here's what we're coming through. Do not check out right now. Don't clock out. This is the step right here that gets you healed and coming to right there. I had to set it up for everything I said to get to this statement right here. The Son of Man hath power to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy. 
You know what that means? The man's still paralyzed. The man's still laying there through all this. The man's still laying there paralyzed. He's still sick. They brought him in paralyzed. All this has happened. He's still paralyzed. And Jesus said, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go to thine house. He's still paralyzed. Paralyzed men don't walk. Paralyzed men don't get up. Somebody comes up here in my line, got their back frozen in place. They don't touch their toes. They're messed up. They come up here, got something seriously wrong, pain in their body. The pain's there. This paralyzed man's laying there on bed. Paralyzed men, if they operate out of their head, they don't walk. Jesus just got through telling them all the things he told them. Power of the Lord was there. He's telling the man how to tap into it. And so he said, rise, take up the bed to the house. And immediately he rose up before them. He didn't think about it. He just did it. He acted on the word of God. He was a doer of the word and not hearer only. Jesus said, do it. That didn't say Jesus said to the healed man, get up. Said Jesus said to the paralyzed man, get up. Amen. Time and time and time again in my prayer line, seems like I've had a lot of backs healed the same way. They come up here, Pastor, I've got these vertebrae, they're fused together. Had one guy like 28 years, had that very thing. Doctor, surgery, all that stuff. Had another guy born with a, called spider bifida or something. And he was up here the same way. Exact same thing happened right here about this spot. Came up here, told me the stuff, and they said under the word up, they knew what was going on, and I laid hands on them. Of course, I said before that, I said, what's going to happen? I pray for you. said, I'm going to receive the healing power of God. First guy, come up here, 28 years, and as soon as I said, praise God, you're healed, I said, touch your toes, Gary. <gasps> he didn't think, he just did it, and he was healed. Next guy, Sunday morning service, born with the spider bifida stuff, never touched his toes in his whole life. Come up here. I said, Jeff, by, by his stripes, you're healed. In Jesus' name, you're healed. I said, touch your toes, Jeff. Healing power was there. He mixed faith. What did he do? He did something he couldn't do before. He bent over without thinking and did it. Because the man of God with the anointing of God said, do it. So he did it. And so what that means is this. To mix faith. With the word you hear, when you're prayed for, or you believe in God, just do something you couldn't do. If, you're, if your finger's been messed up, if all you can do just all of a sudden say, in the name of Jesus, my finger's going to start working. If all you do is do the end of it, you could do that for man, you got to start it. And just start doing something. If you, could, if, you could, if you couldn't walk around the block before, get up and say, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to walk around the living room today. And tomorrow I'm walking around the house. Just start stepping out. Do something you couldn't do. Close with one personal testimony on myself. Is that okay, Mom? Okay. Back years ago when I was a truck driver working on the truck docks. And uh, I didn't have this. I had more of this. But, <laughs> but the testimony is still just as good. I just changed jobs. Had a brand new, brand new truck dock job. And... Uh, I wasn't there long enough where I had any sick days built up. It was just if I was off, I was off, no pay. And so anyway, right after I got on there through my probation period, I hurt my back on the dock. 
And so I took off, ended up, I was off a week, and thought, man, bills keep on coming in. You know, what need government to care of anything, man, just me and take care of all these kids and my wife. And so after a week, man, I forced myself to get in the car, went into work, and I come in there on Monday, and my boss had compassion on me to give me hard manual labor to do. Basically, let me sit on the forklift and just had to use it, had to just move the lever, you know, haul pallets around. Did that on Monday, and whenever I got the forklift, I mean, take about the whole break time to get off just to get in because it was so bad. And Tuesday, I came in, it's the same thing. I go home, it's a chore to get in and out of the car, out of bed, had to crawl, get, hold, push like that after doing that for a week already. And so anyway, on Wednesday, I came in, and I got to thinking, man, I've resisted the devil, I've submitted to God. I'm a man of faith. I've taught healing all these years, things like that. Man, I'm not taking this anymore, devil. That's it. And so I come in. The boss gave me what he'd been doing on Monday. He said, okay, now, Bernie, you, were, you got these, we got these skid loads. Don't get that. I said, no. I said, Donnie, I said, let me have a load of call near. He said, what? Well, call near was 24-foot bundles of steel. Weighed two or 300 pounds apiece. Had to pick it up and put a card under it, take it across the dock to the other truck. He said, are you sure? I said, yeah. I said, I, I said I, to myself, God, I said, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. This is it. And so I hobbled down to the truck, and I got to the first bundle. I started to pick it up. As soon as my hands touched the steel, there was my healing. Amen. I wasn't trying to make God do something, but I knew the Word of God said, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. The Word of God said, believers lay hands on sick, and they shall recover. And so I was letting the devil keep me captive for those many days because I wasn't acting on the word. The pain was telling me it was bigger than God. That was a giant. That paralysis or whatever it was that wouldn't let me move was telling me I'm bigger than God. And all the time I've been telling it the word's bigger than God, but until I acted on the word, I let the giant lie to me. And so praise God, we got the job done. I never missed any more work. My healing showed up, but I was a doer of the word. And not a hearer only. That's all I'm telling you in your lives. If you're believing God for healing. And you're in a church like this. It's almost 100% guarantee. It's in the atmosphere. You just haven't grabbed it yet. And so you just, if something's holding you back. You just ask the Holy Spirit. Lord is there something I can do. Is there something I can do to tap into that power. Because it's mine. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.